always put the door chain on my door uh, whenever my girlfriend leaves the apartment. I think probably yeah. unconsciously, you know? Right. As a sign that, like, I want out of the relationship, you know, and I'm preventing her <laughs> from getting back You always back in. change the locks when she goes away for vacation. Yeah, I, 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 I subconsciously change the locks on my door. <laughs> I find myself <laughs> calling lock, locksmiths in a fugue state, uh, not remembering having done subconsciously it. Subconsciously texting, I want to break up. <laughs> subconsciously putting all her belongings on the curb. Subconsciously making a pros and cons list of staying in the relationship or seeing other people. <laughs> <laughs> this is 30 Minute Worlds, and this is going to be a bit of a doozy of an episode because it is, of course, our season three finale. And it's been a great season. We've been very appreciative of all the worlds, almost all the worlds that we've gotten to build. It's also our, our biggest season, I think, compared to two. Because one was only yeah, like 10 episodes. Season two, I felt like, was huge, but I can't back that up. I, I think three has had more, but anyway, it's, no it was a lot going. of good worlds. Uh, we're, we're, we're old hands at this at this point. The yeah. first season was, was like, there was only really one or two good episodes. Not and then true. the second season, there was maybe like... I'd say there was like eight, and now we've got like a full bracket. we got a full bracket of some pretty tight worlds. That's... 16 worlds, not counting some of the uh, fun worlds like, uh, for example, Three Minute Worlds Part 2, Squid Game 2, which was a departure from our normal formula. We managed to cut it down to about, what was it, 20 worlds? And then, no, 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 we cut it to 21 worlds and then we cut five of those and have a competitive bracket of 16. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't feel good about including the Activision-sponsored episode, given all the current news. Yeah, we do want to say some farewells to the worlds that didn't even make it into the bracket. Uh, do we want to start listing those off here? Uh, if you're a big fan of, I'm going to say, ooh, our first one, At the Table of the Baron, uh, where we had a magic table that influenced affairs in that city, we didn't really include it. I liked it personally. Uh but we didn't think it would fare well in the bracket against some other picks. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about that world before we send it on its way, never to mention it again? I feel like it's just like a Guillermo del Toro movie that he made after a serious illness. So like, <laughs> he's not really like all there, but he's going through the motions. <laughs> it was a return to form. That's unexpectedly harsh for you. Damn, damn. I don't think it was that bad, ba bad. I, to me though, it was basically just like a side quest in like a a gothic horror campaign. Mm, that's is what it felt like. Yeah. Um, it, it had a character, and we focused on a lot of characters. And you know, if you do want to use that episode in your gothic horror, know campaign, that you do it without our consent. Uh, because exactly. it's not the best of the best. Yes. Yeah, I guess that one was a bit of bit off model because it was sort of just like fleshing out a little part of a campaign setting, a little quest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it felt more like an yeah, it felt more like an adventure path than anything else. Like yeah, like a. Uh, but I don't know. It wasn't very really encompassing. 
The next world on our list that we cut was Ironclad. Uh, Chessman, do you want to describe this world was your baby? This world was your uh, fault. I, <laughs> I, was I even there? Oh, you yeah. were the lore lad on Ironclad. Yeah. <laughs> you were the man I of the hell remember with the this ship. one at all. This is the one with the robots who are controlled by insects uh, who inhabit an archipelagic world full of lizard people and who rove around in steamboats with paddle wheels uh, committing piracy. I have to say, this is, um, I don't remember this at all. On the really? tail, it sounds kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, maybe as a sort of, I think maybe this was like a, when we were getting into like Malifaux a little bit. <laughs> or it's like trying to do yeah we were gonna do a through the breach campaign uh or a through the breach one shot which that uh, through the breach is the um uh, like ttrpg version of malifaux and it didn't happen so instead i made it equally um impossible to parse setting involving lizard people yeah well that was daniel's fault i feel the like lizard this one people was are just always sort Dan's of a- fault that's so we like never, go-to. We never had anything cohesive with this one. It just never really developed yeah, into anything. Yeah, there were technical difficulties on the episode, too. Like, we, we cut it halfway through. God. Yeah, just a Mad Libs world didn't turn out. The pretty. next one that is up for our cut and that will unfortunately not make it into the bracket was the World Painter's Paradise, where we had uh, World Building Magazine's current editor-in-chief, Adam Bassett, on. It was a five-man... It was about uh, using paint to ascribe different like magical qualities to things. And it was kind of a like, yeah. it's kind of like Splatoon uh, esque almost, but with magic. Color magic is just like I don't know. It's it's hard to not fall into like really tropey stuff with color magic. Um, thanks it, to our- it'd be a great you know if you had the space to explore it it'd be a good system for like um like i don't know like a fighting anime or or like a fantasy epic to explore like a system but like we don't we wouldn't do that yeah well so i feel <laughs> like if that were a component of a world it could have been fine and good and nice it's just i feel like that episode mm-hmm. didn't find the world and just we went too deep into the magic which yeah. was kind of a yeah. mistake of it i think and it was also because of that kind of a ponderous episode, kind of long, if memory mm-hmm. serves, it was like 50 minutes uh, long, pretty much. Due to being a five-man, too, I feel like in the five-man eps, sometimes it's hard for each person to get what they want out of the world because there's less um, less availability to talk. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. so that was, yeah. that was Color's World. What's the next one? Yeah. Uh, okay, next one. Afterlife 2, Activision's Blizzard's Afterlife 2. Oh, uh, yeah. The episode that's yeah. guaranteed to inspire existential dread <laughs> in one out of three listeners. Yes. Uh, this is a Dan Vito on this one. I liked this world. <laughs> I thought it was no. very well, funny. Well, no, here's the thing. Fun fact. After the conversations that happened about this world, I thought I was cool. I thought I was fine. And then I went to sleep and I had uh, one of the first, like, true moments of gripping existential dread and i've been having them every once in a while for the next few weeks so i mean it's a very effective world that we made oh, good. i we guess made a curse world <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we do make a lot of those i yeah. think this one was impacted too much also by like the metaverse announcement uh that kind of happened around that time and it's kind of mm-hmm. i guess derivative of that in a way and it's it's funny 
I actually, you know what? I still like it. I don't think it's derivative. I think it's a cool idea. It's very Philip K. Dick uh, that you could uh, live in a video game, essentially, or a construction view after you die. But I knew mm-hmm. it wouldn't get far in the bracket because Daniel and Chessman would stifle the innovation of that this world presented. Unfortunately, I did not love it. Okay, well, listen. It was it was a Walter <laughs> setting. <laughs> you can't, you got the, I don't the like talking w. about it, and I don't like thinking about it. <laughs> okay, next one. Well, just uh, one the more. Last, right? yes, the yeah. final episode we cut and that will regrettably not make it into this bracket was CNBC presents Glaive Watch, where uh, one swing from a magical glaive could destroy <laughs> the world, and it had been destroyed like twelve times, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, very powerful glaives. Um, almost too powerful, Absurd one might say. Glaives, you know. Yeah, I yeah. think part of the struggle with this one is that, like, we never really. It, it, there was discussion about, like, does it just destroy a certain part of the world? Like, can it just reform certain terrain? Is it always a planet-ending apocalypse? Like, of of the ones we cut, I don't hate this one, but I well, think that the, the concept, scale of it, the concept that we found, or I think that I push, I forget whether we had consensus on it, was that it was sort of like the desires and wishes of the wielder were sort of refracted in reality shattering after he swings it um yeah. and i still like that concept i don't think there's much more to it than, than that concept but it was a cool concept i think i i, I pitched the concept i think that it would destroy the world and then we kind of compromised and said that it what did we say that it insmoothed the world like it smoothed it out <laughs> the insmoothening Mm. Yeah, well, I think the, one of the words was like smooth or scraper or something. That's always my word. Yeah. Pretty sure it was my. Maybe word. we just haggled too much over the meaning of it. Maybe the we band did. was just too discordant. Yeah, we did. We got into some session. good stuff yeah. toward the end where we we're describing like the different societies. Uh, but I think there's other like post-apocalyptic worlds we've done that are like far crazier and far better. One of which uh, will be featured on this uh, bracket. Rest assured. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll go right into it. Yep. And we will also be releasing this bracket in accompaniment with the episode. So you guys can see what the original pairings were and how it kind of shook out. Uh, we'll post and, that on Twitter and on our Facebook page. And don't worry. We didn't do, we didn't like put out anything to like figure out who, like we didn't put out like a poll or anything, but there is not so many, like we know, <laughs> We know what the what everybody thought the best episodes were because there's like people actually people well, they actually said, told us told and, us yeah 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 mm-hmm. which is really great to have listeners that care a lot about which worlds get a revisit that's really nice uh, our first matchup is a pairing of two worlds here we have Swords of the Father and we have Pawn Stars and I don't know if I said this at the beginning of the episode but if you're a new listener. Don't start with this episode. It's incredibly self-referential. <laughs> uh, go listen to any yeah. other episode and just find one you like and have fun. Because we're going to kill some worlds off here. Swords of the Father versus Pawn Stars. One world's got to live. <laughs> Pawn Stars oh, is, um, was Bank, Recycle, and Stars, which <laughs> probably one of the most liberal yeah. or like direct applications of prompt words to a setting <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> right. Given that it is about like a fucking uh repo company that rents and then steals stars from people <laughs> and then swords of the father had no prompts it was a two-man episode yep me and you swords from another planet 
that arrived on a human world that fed on blood and they were machines that had intelligence and they controlled the evolution of humanity to be incredibly violent and yeah. uh they could like control their hosts physically by overpowering them mentally all right what are we thinking on this one gents well i i like pawn stars i think it i think we maybe got as much out of that concept as we kind of can it does feel a little one note to me uh but I don't know. I, I like Swords of the Father, like on the re-listen. I feel like there's fun things we could do, like with what the what that setting looks like. Um, yeah, we always shortchange two man episodes too, but I do think Swords of the Father is a stronger episode of the two, and I it's a stronger world. It's more interesting to me, at least. Yeah, and I I like to give I like to give unique points. That's just what attracts me in worlds. And Pawn Stars was like good. I think it's a solid app. I'm not going to slack the app, but I don't think it gets that many unique points. So we did have like some fun riffs about what happens with the stars, but we already like played in that playground. Yeah, we, yeah. we typically fuck around a lot with the stars, <laughs> actually, as you'll yeah. see with other worlds in the bracket that we have. Uh, <laughs> we like I think stars. That's, I think that's three in favor of swords over Pawn Stars, unless Chessman, you have a really compelling element. No, I mean, I obviously I <laughs> I. I love the idea of these, like, it's just very evocative to me that all the, these, of the, like these generational swords, um, uh, I, 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 I could, I, I, I also just like the original concept more. I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, of pawn stars more than the, uh, the swords, but like, you know, like people are always, People, we're always we we can always have more sun. We have too many sun. Yeah, there's episodes. Episodes. We do a lot of really episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. that's what okay. I'm at. So it's we looking too many like sun episodes. Swords of the Father has advanced out of the gate here, beating Pawn Stars. Uh, next pairing here, we've got Chasing the Eshton versus Doom Runner. Doom Runner being the second episode of the season. This is uh, an interesting matchup considering they're both about the end of things. Yeah, yeah, they are. In very are. different ways, too. Uh, they're, so the Eschaton, the prompts were ear, yawn, and owl, which, <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't know how we built Powerful. that out of that. That was one of the most, the greatest leaps of all time. I do think it was pretty uh, good, like the episode was. Especially Did you say ear? Ear, yeah. Like, because it started with like animal mutation was like yeah, the I first remember thing this. I remember that began this. that. Oh, uh, right. Doom Runner was a tie runner and dissolve, which is mm. another <laughs> I, bonkers. And I remember this because this was my episode. This was the episode where I was like, you know what? Let's try doing an episode where we don't have any like don't have any characters or something like that was doom runner for yeah doom runner was the one yeah. about the there's an entity that runs through the dooms like he runs through mm -hmm. all, or it runs through all of the apocalypses that ever happened yeah uh categorizing them or observing them uh but not really changing bizarre. them no I of love, course it I, has a soft spot i find the then. concept really evocative with doom runner mm -hmm. um and i actually just have this like image in my mind of this figure, sort of seraph, angelic, they're like mm -hmm. having collected all these little items from these various ends of times, like little worlds orbiting him, and 
I'm going to argue in favor of chasing the Eschaton here. Uh, well, let, for the listener, let's just say chasing the Eschaton is basically oh, yeah. about uh, a world that has is in the process of being ruined by wizards that are stealing power from the apocalypse that ends the world. And in the future, yeah. Yeah, at the end of time, basically. Um, and I, that, I feel like that description sells it a little bit short because... We, we talked about a lot of really cool stuff that happened in that episode at the end. This um, is a five-star yeah. episode. This has, first of all, right. Dr. Wizard, uh, if you will remember, <laughs> a central driving character. <laughs> it has concepts such as uh, hard light, magitech, mm -hmm. and uh, air that's vindictive and wants to kill you uh, mm -hmm. for breathing it. It has a lot of interesting philosophical questions about, like, I don't know, like bringing like the road to hell being paid with good intentions. Like maybe if we can siphon all yeah. this power off the apocalypse, we could stop it. Oh, wait, we're actually fucking up the world even more. But now the grid is so dependent on this uh, eschaton energy uh, that society is collapsing pretty much entirely. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And we had a good rebel faction with the... Um animal mutations we had yeah, yeah they were kind right. of and they weren't inherently righteous as a faction either because they also were weaponizing eschaton energy to their own advantage was the yeah. other thing to mutate people into like bestial uh forms they created like a communal society based on improving their adaptations to basically remain independent of these wizards that were at war mm -hmm. it's way cooler than because doom runner for me right Doom Runner was not about the actual setting that we made because there was a setting in Doom Runner. Like it wasn't, it was, uh, that we followed our focus was this, this entity that was traveling dooms, basically traveling like the ends, ends of time of certain, um, different like universes, worlds, I guess yeah. different, but there, we did build one specific world there. And I, what the thing is, I'm not really that interested in that world anymore. Like we built a doom, right? But the the idea that's interesting is the runner uh, itself, which is not really something I feel like we need to explore at all because it's like one of these meta worlds, right? Mm -hmm. It's it could also mm -hmm. exist it's, in any world. It's a guess. It's, it could exist right. in chasing the Eschaton, frankly. Yeah, well, I yes. think we I, I I got excited by the idea of it, like all of our worlds when they end, the Doom Runner goes through them. I like that too. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe at one point kind of we do an episode where we like take some worlds that we like and talk about how they end and have the oh, that, I think that'd be fun. cool. Yeah. yeah. But that, that is, that's not the bracket, I think. And if we're doing the bracket in episode quality, it's definitely Chasing the Eschaton. Yeah. I think so too. Doom Runner is one of the most original episodes we've done. It's very cool, but I, I vote for Eschaton. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. All right. Eschaton will be matched up against Swords of the Father and we'll come back to it. But... Going down to round out all these pairings, which we have a few left here. Most of them. Obscura versus Baron Lance. Right. Well, let's get a little Dan recap. What were the prompts yeah. here? A little jog so, our memory. Obscura, the prompts were bag, photograph, and smoke. And it was about a genius photographer that, in or an inventor, I guess, that created a camera that you could use to travel into other worlds. Um, oh, right. I love this one. The, the concept was that the, there was like these realms of, that were filled with smoke. Yeah. Il fumo. That, 
that the um there were like passageways between the worlds, but that you could like turn the smoke physical by taking a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh yeah, it was when you took a picture of something you made a gate uh into right. the smoke. And then you could theoretically uh emerge from within the smoke to another dimension. This one was really cool. We had a lot of cool concepts in it. Baron Lands was a two-man with Chessman and Daniel, right? Yes, it is. And it is about a humanity that has... It's set, this one is on Earth, and it's about humanity has regressed itself to, like, the 1700s, basically, in terms of technology through an apocalypse. But it, it, the whole planet, at the same time as humanity is slowly crawling back from the apocalypse, is being observed by these aliens in orbit that are terraforming the planet to be perfect for them and hostile to us. Mm. And we sort of explored like what that looks like in terms of how hostile it is and what the, the Baron, the titular Baron leads like a, uh, an alliance of humans in like on the Canada, North America or USA border that they use like um, hot air balloons basically to move around and scout things out. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I, I did enjoy Baron Lands a lot. I had a lot of fun doing that one. I like one. Baron Lands a lot, actually. And I would yeah. rate it... I would say... For me of the two, I think Baron Lands is a better episode. Uh, I love Obscure. It was so fun to do. Uh, it was a very fun setting. But that's my take on it. I just love Baron Lands. I love the dirigibles. I love... Uh, Kind of like that the concept that these aliens that we're fighting, we can't even really fight them because they're just terraforming our planet. It's almost like we're ants to them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love the hopelessness of it. Go on. <laughs> um, so Hyperborea, our Hyperborea episodes was very similar in theme, right? Right. Um, about like aliens terraforming, like using world as their own playground. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it, because that was one of our greatest episodes of all time. Yeah. Unjustly sacrificed before the golden calf of... <laughs> There's definitely thematic similarities. Hyperborea is like, it explicitly is like a test tube that the aliens have been like working with from the beginning, basically. Mm-hmm. And this was more like, I, I like the themes in this of man versus nature that are changed, that is changing and becoming new. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also like, it's not like the aliens in this are just going to come down and wipe us out because there, there really aren't very many of them. Like, yeah. it's just this like observation right. crew, basically. And it's kind of this like, well, I guess it is a lot like Hyperborea because the aliens are the subject of these myths and like fables kind of due to the mm-hmm. like limited technological understanding of society. But we also uh, had talked about them. the aliens in this setting are infiltrating the like government mm-hmm. of this baron like and i think we had talked about how like they have infiltrated the royal family like they're yeah. they're actively conspiring to weaken like this human government on the planet right because they can't use direct force i don't know I, it, there are similarities i think that, i think there are distinct differences as yeah, well though yeah and i just I, don't know, I think obscura in terms of like having more gas is definitely there um mm. i mean i love the aesthetic i i like the sort of like Age of Adventures theme, colonialism theme about like using this technology to break into other worlds. The implications of being able to like phase in and out is fun. Like the the nature of the smoke, I feel like is very evocative. But we didn't like dig into it in all the ways we could have yet. Oh yeah, I, Exa- exactly. It was all so, like, named the- after like Renaissance painting techniques. I remember mm-hmm. uh, was the terms were used for I. 
I'm I'm flipping my vote. I like <laughs> yeah. I yeah. like Obscura. Belvin, you did get me <laughs> just talking about Obscura a bit more. Uh, and I think what actually flipped me was you talking about how similar Barren Lands was to Hyperborea. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was kind of kind of hoping to save it for the second round, but like the biggest, most important thing about um, any of these worlds and like which one wins is the one that we think would be the most interesting to revisit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like Obscura, I instantly can think of like all of the li- like like fleshing out the enemy, which is still like yeah, there there was like that um. Uh, shapeless like the enemy that was in the shadows that they that we didn't mm-hmm. really explore very much um and like Il different del fumo. yeah like the factions we already like starting to mess around some with factions but uh, there's so much more that I could love be there. factions yo. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's there but it's not fleshed out which is perfect um well, no i mean i also vote for obscura uh i like the barren lands but it's not as good for a revisit as obscura is okay okay yep i think it's a consensus obscura Destroying barren lands in unarmed combat. <laughs> Destroyed. Oh, next up, we have ooh, Forgotten Gods featuring the inimitable Junius P. Wright III versus the Salt Lines, which was our most recent episode, actually, that we just released. Uh, mm-hmm. About a uh, world that has all of these lenses in it through which light can pass, but nothing else can. Uh, and mm-hmm. the galaxy discovering them being freaked out. Uh, that's not the Junius one. The Junius one is Forgotten Gods. Yeah, the Salt Lines is what I right. just described. Okay. Forgotten Gods right. is about uh, gods eating each other to gain uh, their own power. Yeah. Right. And the words for that were uh, Forgotten, Blasphemy, Wheel, and Salt, Lens, and Impact, respectively. Okay. For the Salt Lines, yeah. The Forgotten Gods one, of course, I like it just on the just on the factor of it basically being a metaphor for how like religions get um like syncretism each other yeah syncretism Mm -hmm. syncretism i'm gonna be honest here and i think we can all be honest uh the salt lines is a better episode (laughs) Uh, yeah it is a better episode (laughs) (laughs) nicer Uh, I would be. A, I think it's going to win this. Uh, I do like Forgotten Gods. Having Junius on was great. Uh, yeah, he did have a lot of energy that we captured. But I think compared to the stuff we hit on in the Salt Lines, I don't know, Belvin. I feel like you carried a lot of the water for the Salt Lines, and it was kind of your setting as much as whoever the lad was on that one. Uh, that um, was mine. Well, what's funny is that I'm trying to remember everything that went on in the episode, and I'm having trouble. <laughs> it's our most recent one. I know. <laughs> it's the one that's uh, the one where there's like a, a planet that basically they use salt magic circle gates to look into other worlds, and they look back and turn to them. Yeah, yeah. So there's this planet that this precursor race inhabited, and they made these gates around the salt rings of the planet. Uh, it has rings like Saturn does. Mm-hmm. And... It's implied that, like, this precursor was, like, uh, made of light or some kind of creature that could go through the gate. But they all left and never came back. And humanity evolved there, and they can't use the gates, but they can still see through them. And uh, there's, like, invisible psychic creatures coming in through the gate to fuck up uh, humanity. 
Right. There are alien species who are interested in the gates but can't go through them, but who want access to their power. Uh, and you have kind of a naive, magical police investigating shit. Right. The mm-hmm. lensmen or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Salters. The Salters. Salters. Right, right. Um, Salters. And there's like maybe a few pieces of like the, the salt rings that come down to the planet and were good artifacts to use. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember what I got energized about with this episode was the idea of these like higher spiritual beings and us like peering into it and maybe getting some interaction back. And, like each different ring being able to represent something else. Um, mm-hmm. And it just seemed pretty uh, yeah. rich conceptually. It reminds me a lot of... Um, what was that one we did with the moths? Moth K Ultra? Oh. Moth yeah. K Ultra. It reminds me a lot of that one, and I really like that world. Uh, it doesn't God. remind me of that one at all, but I do really Not like it. Yeah. Moth K Ultra. It means. No, it's very it's a very transcendentalist episode. It's a very much about humans encountering something they can't understand. It's very much an episode where kind of secret police are in play, uh societally. Yeah. I mean, there's also like aerial moth combat, but aside from yes, that, that was the, it was <laughs> it was ace combat with moths and meditation. <laughs> I mean, there could conceivably, if we took it for, further, there could conceivably be like space light ghost combat. I don't know. I mean, there was the, all the, like the whole like the secret police thing. I, I don't remember honestly talking about the Salters that much. Like, I remember that they were like we said they were a thing, but I don't feel like we went into that much detail about them. But that would be a good thing to explore. No, yeah, we didn't mm. dig in deep. Just like they're inspectors who have some sort of bulwark against the spirits. Yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. like there's people using like the salt that falls to Earth to do like bad shit and they're like supposed to kind of keep right. on track of it. I mean, Salt Lines is a banger episode. I, I think it's going to win here. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm voting for it. Yeah, yeah, compared to Forgotten Gods. Uh, we're sorry, Junius. Sorry. <laughs> we sorry. stabbed you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> we betrayed our old mentor. I also think it's a little tricky to, for it's for these for guest episodes, it's a little tricky to do them again. Um, especially when, like, without the guest, like, maybe we could get him back. We would, we would actually, have to get the could, guest back, I think, for would, that episode. We would definitely be able to get Junius back. Oh, um, you think he's busy at all? <laughs> you think? Well, that's not fair. What? Yeah, I think, I, I think all the guest episodes are up for grabs. No reason not to do a guest up, but. Yeah. But also, a lot of them, like, there's, like, adjustment, and, like, they end up being unique and good. I'm glad we do them. But mm-hmm. I, I can see how it's like hard for one to make it to like the tippy tops because there's like, yeah. yeah. I will say they are all also longer and more complicated. Right. Just that can sometimes be good. That's not always weird. bad. Sometimes we make good guest episodes. Oh, yeah. It happens. Right. Uh, we got the like one we four did with more. Uh, Vin. We're gonna go. Uh, good. Oh, the tree one. Oh, the, with all God. the bugs. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. good episode. That was yeah. a truly amazing episode. Uh, all right, we, we got four more stages of this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, next up. Ghost Glass. Sh- Ghost Glass versus Showbiz Kids. Uh, so now we're in the uh, second bracket. We're in the, yeah, in yeah, the, we're in the lower brackets, right? Lower bracket. This is the low seeds. The low seeds um, of the tournament. That, that were randomly seeded. Yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ghost Glass, the prompt words were Prison, Glass, and Aspire, and Showbiz Kids were Marriage, Kabuki, and Copy. Kabuki. Yeah. I wonder who picked Kabuki. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, what was Ghost Glass about again? Uh, it was about the evil god Olog, 
All he right. wasn't evil as much as he no, just... He, he's not the evil god. He's the afterlife god. Yeah, yeah. He had all this money due to his, like, societal role as the afterlife god. Like, people would give him coins. Yeah. And he went... I remember he went down to Earth because he was, like, miserable. And then he had a lot of, like, money and he paid for something. And someone's like, wow... That's a lot of money. And he's like, it is. <laughs> and well, he just like loves money. <laughs> no, he's just he like, decided. he can't. He's avarice in God form. Just yeah, like, yeah. God who sucks. <laughs> well, he's had like a shitty job forever. And he's like, well, fuck, I, I have unlimited labor. And I can in just form become wealthy. Yeah, using... Oh, and I can bully the king of the gods. Yeah, uh, I remember it eventually got to the point where he did craft the afterlife into a hellish capitalistic <laughs> prison just to keep making more money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but until we got to that point, it's just like a god who likes making money and like having a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about <laughs> how like the the other gods were like trying to figure out how to deal with him and were like, Mm-hmm. Kind of failing to organize together to do anything about him. Yeah, like the backlash uh, one would have is a pantheon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> surprise, gang. Uh, another capitalism bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're real original. Yeah, we uh, and themes, Showbiz, like Kids, Showbiz Kids was about how magical plays put on in front of like a fairy audience have the potential to uh, determine the events in your life. Yeah. Um, this is the one I fought for. You fought pretty... This is literally your vanity project. You fought <laughs> so hard for this one's inclusion into the bracket, and I allowed it knowing that it would lose... I think this one's better than Ghost Glass. I think this one's more... No, it's not. Oh, it's totally- <laughs> Ghost Glass was like a fun little romp, but like it's not a rich concept necessarily. It's this like greedy god in this not-super-defined world. Uh, Showbiz mm-hmm. Kids is really evocative to me because it's, um, I mean, it's like a very Neil Gaiman-esque thing, which is, again, kind mm-hmm. of my shit. Um, but mm. the idea that, like, on this world where humans create works of fiction to sort of echo and mirror their futures um, in front of, like, a fairy host. And we never fleshed out exactly, like, all those fairy powers, all the interesting ways human society could mix with the fairies. Right. There there was because you know they will. You know they do. If I remember right, we focused on like a single village basically, that this was like their tradition of yes. how they sort of uh figured mm-hmm. it out. So in that respect, I can see how we could evolve the concept. Um I also see how we could evolve Ghost Glass because what that would basically be is setting up like the conflict between the gods in a more dynamic way. I think Ghost Glass is way easier to set up. Showbiz Kids is a very creative concept. Uh it's a concept with a lot of thematic weight to it. But I do think that the like inherent concept of the setting would not change upon a revisit. It would remain the same. Well, and we I would think just that... be adding names to things pretty I, much. I don't know about that. I think I mean, A, there's riffing on the concept of, like, creating your future through magic participation. Um, Like, it doesn't just have to be plays. We talked about this one village. There can be other ways in which you, like, create your future um, in these, like, organized, ritualistic ways. And to Mm -hmm. go negative against my opponent, uh, I don't remember the Pantheon (laughs) and Ghost Glass being, like, really that distinctive. Like, I think we gave him, like, a Slavic air. Um, our main guy, Olag, or whatever. Um, but it's not like we like uh, create oh. this like sick pantheon that's going to be any different from any other. No, like, but that would be potential grounds for a 
revisit. We never really create a sick pantheon on day one of this shit. I can't well, think no, of an episode really. Though. Apart from the pirate one, Sunlit Seas, that we did, yeah, where the pantheon was, was really one. fleshed out. And that was a really strong point for it. I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think Belvin and I are pretty set, so I do want to hear what Dan and uh, Chessman's opinions are. Dan, you want to go first? Um... I, I just kind of think, to, well, to be honest, I don't really think either of these is going to win uh, in the end, <laughs> not to get too meta with it, but I just don't really like, I like showbiz kids. I think it's a cool concept. I think it's a little too out there for me in terms of what I would want to do for a revisit. I just don't really, it is evocative, but like, uh, I don't know. Wait, like, wait, I, I, neither I, of these are going to win. Let's be clear about that. I, <laughs> I do think that while Ghost Glass is fun, it's better than showbiz kids. And it deserves the win over Showbiz Kids. I, I do think looking down, I would argue that Showbiz Kids is a delightful <laughs> episode. It, it's sort of like an art pop piece in our our catalog. You know, it's never going to be top of the charts, but but damn it, it should get some recognition. On the on the metric mm. of what it would be like, what makes sense for a revisit? Uh, I'm going to vote for Ghost Glass. Yeah, no, it's, it absolutely is relevant. Neither is winning. This is the moral victory. <laughs> And I'll abstain. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, I like. I like. Okay, I would like to see a story in Showbiz Kids. I would like to flesh out Ghost Class more. That's that's my that's my two cents. <laughs> oh, Melvin just disconnected from the Discord call. He's muted himself and he's crying uh, on screen. Now he's he's closed his laptop. I'm okay. He's <laughs> he's unmuted. <laughs> sorry, Velvet. I'm so sorry. He was he was googling. Uh, I I caught a bit of his screen there. We're all streaming each other's screens, and he was googling ad hominem attacks to use to win uh, an argument. <laughs> you can't <laughs> Google hitman. He was Google argument tactics uh, <laughs> when I'm getting owned on the by dark web. <laughs> <laughs> well no i mean that was high praise Jess. but you want to see like his you know literary work you would you'd sit down and yeah i do i want there to be haikus i want there to be koans i want there to be music i want there to I be progress to the next part of this okay, bracket cool. i'm just glad we recognize that showbiz kids is a finer piece of media um, it, is a, it, okay. just, it requires a more discerning palate than the rest of our schlock. I will say that. <laughs> okay, time yeah. for a vote. Uh, now, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Ghost Class uh, wins. Showbiz Kids, which was f fought for so hard and a lot of backdoor political maneuvering. <laughs> Has eaten shit to honestly a mid tier episode, <laughs> a middleweight episode, <laughs> which is the real bit here. Uh, All right, oh, we got this. This next one is crazy. We got Frazier Pilled versus Crab Stars Roth. Uh, Frazier Pilled <laughs> was. Uh, sitcom, flower, and college, and Crab Stars Roth was fly, frame, and canal. 
Would either Walt or Belvin like to take us from the top on Fraser Bill? <laughs> I'm going to let Belvin go out of a measure of graciousness uh, to him after what that happened you do last night. <laughs> that, that I'm mimicking like a parrot would mimic speech after my crushing loss. Yeah, so Fraser Pilled. Unfortunately, I'm not the guy to recap these things because I remember like pieces really vividly. But <laughs> okay, it, okay. it's a world where essentially like intergalactic TV has sitcoms, but they're like, it's like how a Twitch stream, you can like dip into any one story. It's like these are real planets with real people's lives. And you can like follow any character. Um, and there are the AI sitcoms their life by fucking with your brains. <laughs> so, and, the, and the only way to break the AI Niles control is to smoke weed. Oh my god! Oh fuck me! God damn! One of our truly. As soon as I hit on the fact that AI would be called Niles, or maybe it was Belvin who said that. I don't quite remember. I don't remember either. But this, this became an all-timer for, <laughs> for me. Uh, Crab Stars Roth, this was an in-person episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. That we recorded minus Belvin in Charleston. And it focuses on this star that's shaped like a crab called Zom, uh, who's a wrathful god and whose kin his chosen race that kind of lives on a planet orbiting him under the sea. I thought the people they, were crabs and the star yeah, they was were crabs, star. crab people. Uh, the yeah. star was this spiritually a crab, I would say. Yeah. I don't think it's physically. A crab. <laughs> well, well, the crab part of it was that after they had spurned him, a gigant, like a sort of like a solar, like a constant solar flare was touching the planet. That was crab. That was claw shaped. They called it the claw. Yeah, because the, these crabs had like started looking. They discovered like astronomy basically, and they were like looking into other worlds and like leaving their own planet. And it was a jealous god, this star, and so it ravaged the surface of their world, and they all had to yeah, retreat them underground. Into the deep. Uh, to where they had to like live amongst like make technology out of the bones of other crabs they'd been dumping there. I think where we ended up was they were building a giant ice and bone yeah, spaceship. Yeah. And they were gonna tri trigger a geothermal event to launch themselves into space they to were another planet. Blow up the planet and launch their icy they were gonna freeze themselves and encompass the frozen crabs in dung and like carapace. Yeah. And then uh, they were going to literally blow up the planet and fly as an asteroid, hoping to emerge somewhere else in space. So, so, of course, if you were going to revisit this, you would have to talk. You would probably just talk about space crabs, right? Mm -hmm. You might you would probably talk about space crabs. A sort of deep space nine uh, or no Voyager might be more like Voyager, I guess. Yeah. With crabs. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe Zom is still still hates them, and Zom is still trying to stop them, even when they've escaped. Um, that said, or maybe they don't escape and they land back on the planet, and it's like now what? Oh, or they're just floating around. They're just orbiting Zom as an asteroid, like they don't escape his gravitational pull. <laughs> that would be something yeah. we'd need to decide <laughs> if we were to revisit this one. Well, yeah, because all that said. I mean, it ain't got shit on Fraser Pilled. Yeah, I gotta I be mean, honest. This was yeah. a super fun one to do, but Fraser Pilled for me was like way uh, funnier. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> like um, <laughs> we can talk about crabs anytime. That's but, true. And we had you know. we had that labyrinth crab episode, remember? <laughs> Which also didn't get past round one of the bracket. And I'm starting to think there's an anti-crab bias. <laughs> well, the good news is that just like how in nature evolution will inevitably drive back towards the crab form. <laughs> Every season we will have an episode. There's like, what about crabs? <laughs> if, if showbiz kids had involved involved crabs in some way, it would be a stronger episode. Fuck. Also, <laughs> the fairies are made the fairies crabs. <laughs> I am a noted crab zealot, and I will always yeah. promote crabs. However, and in this if situation. you're not willing to buck, if you're not willing to buck Fraser Pilled for the crab world, then I don't think I am. Frankly, I uh, yeah, both I mean, pretty good. I, I loved Crabster's Roth. I think it's very fun, but like, I want to see how the college student sitcoms are going to fight back against Niles by smoking weed in the future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and introducing aliens to weed. It writes itself. <laughs> okay. Fraser Pilled it is. Fraser Pilled. Uh, All right. Coming up next, we've got You've Got Whale featuring Will Isaacson, friend of the pod music producer, platinum artist versus Quantum Auto Drive, Chaos on the Back Nine. And uh, our prompt words uh, were Driftwood, Bell, Postage, Embassy, and Bioweapon, Shoes, Golf. And oh <laughs> man, where to start? <laughs> well, I can't even talk. But I have to contain myself. Okay, Chessman, contain yourself. Uh, so you've Belvin, got. Did whale. you do the assignment and listen to Quantum Auto Drive? Oh yeah, that's I a don't good have question. To Wait, that. <laughs> you listen to neither of the. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. Well, let's explain them, and we'll see where Belvin ends up. We'll make him vote first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pitch it to me. All right. So you've got whale is like. Um, this is a world where like. Uh, it's covered in like this dense mist, if I remember correctly. And the 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 way to navigate it is the uh, the bones of creatures, specifically whale bones, produce these resonances that then ping off of basically like buoy lighthouses in other parts of this big ocean bound world that you then navigate to uh, using sound waves. And it's all controlled by this like guild of people that have control of sort of radio waves and like audio yeah. frequencies. Yeah. They, they, this one's less of a heater, I think, than and th uh, there was something about like a, a like a religious organization at war with like uh, the commerce guild or something. Yeah. Because this religious organization manufactured these bells uh, that ring right. was, listen, I don't quite remember what this one was about. Now that I'm talking about it confidently, the I'm going to say I'm running built, out of steam pretty fast here. They build the bells and like the radios. Uh. The, the, the thing that I latched onto in that episode that I thought was most interesting was the idea of basically fabricating like a fake bell to like a like um, if you had a third bell, you could tune into the frequencies of the of a of a pair and you could like snoop that way yeah i remember this yeah, so uh, it was a very intrigue based setting yeah the most heat we got yeah. was with the intrigue type stuff and like the fact that like yeah. there are these information brokers that can sort of control the tides of things and there was like some intimation of like the dead whales and some like lost mm -hmm. spiritual eco past or something um yeah. right it's like 
it, it is like, why are we killing? We can't keep killing all of these whales. We're running out of whales. Yeah, actually, right? the more we talk about the setting, the more it feels like it's deeply metaphorical of what I don't know, but... It, it, <laughs> I like I like just saying it's evocative of something. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really no, it like all the elements of it like feel less like a real world and more like a world you would make to comment on the real world. It really mm. makes you feel like a yeah. platform oh. for some kind of like interesting um, like societal critique or something, um, like a Borges esque. Yeah, it's kind of Borges esque. I really remember liking this one. Don't want to. Leave alive. Compare, let's compare it to Quantum Auto Drive, Chaos on the Back Nine. Do you want to describe this? <laughs> yes, a setting whose title surprisingly only delivers five percent of the heavy lifting uh, that a title like that should do. Uh, this is a setting about humans piloting mechs that play golf in space as a way to resolve uh, disputes instead of war. Because bioweapons have advanced to the point where war would mean annihilation for everyone on the planet. And there is a dark golfer who works for an organization called No Country uh, that wants to slam one of these, like, uh, sedan-sized golf balls into the earth at sub-light speed to destroy the world. Because their rightful country was literally obliterated to make space for the, like, golf course... <laughs> <laughs> <On this game. laughs> yeah. Australia, we destroyed yeah, Australia. Australia. the equivalent <laughs> of Australia. <laughs> yeah. um, God, I, I, uh, it there, just, there are satellites I, I that shoot different golf clubs to the different mechs in space. Where called to start caddies. with this one? This was uh, yeah, such the caddy a good satellite system. The caddy network, yeah, and this was such a strong episode that I don't think we can really talk about it too more and give the illusion that it's like better than the or that it's worse than the whale episode because it's not it's like way better uh i mean it's unfortunate i'm voting it's for unfortunate quantum to get paired up against quantum <laughs> auto drive in the first round it's we knew that'd be a rough one uh to beat yep always always have loved this episode since we recorded imagine if quantum auto drive got paired against showbiz kids <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate the ultimate <laughs> annihilation get up and leave <laughs> it's about to get annihilated actually <laughs> uh, okay so that one's clear one more to go huh yep one more out of the 16 ish bracket and that'll speed up considerably uh, yeah. we're talking pyramid scream versus martyr country dan hit us with the prompts on pyramid right. scream uh sitar scavenger pyramids and then Martyr Country was Embargo, Icon, and Cowboy. Ugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, another audio-based one. Uh, I, our audio-based ones are never that good, frankly. We've done two. Uh, I will say for Pyramid Scream, I'm voting Martyr Country, and I like it a lot. I will say for Pyramid Scream, there were a lot of cool ideas in it. The ziggurats being a way to manipulate sound was cool. The fact that they made a mobile siege engine that's a moving ziggurat was neat. Uh, yeah. We had these, these like, cultures who were, like, uh, <clears throat> they kind of countered this siege weapon because they were, like, super... Uh, sound didn't have as much of an effect on them. Oh, we're talking about like like bards, like bardic magic. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, and just, like, in the countrysides, like, birds, too. Like the bird calls having power. 
There was like a people mm. that had like a monastic like society built into the ice that they like yes. to put magic through the glaciers and shit through uh-huh. audio. That was right. uh, I'll put it this way. If Frank Vazetta were to draw one of our settings, this would be one of the ones I'd want him to draw. Oh, no, he would he would draw oh, Swords yeah. of the Father unquestioningly. <laughs> I think that that is this is a debate no. that we can have. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe so, each. <laughs> I, I think we're probably all on the same page on which one wins here. But points to Pyramid Scream for being a good stew, you know? Yeah, yeah, a very pyramidy, extremely pyramidy. Great notes of pyramid all throughout. Everything was a pyramid. If it wasn't a pyramid, it was a glacier. Um, Martyr yeah. country is just too cool. Like it's it, Catholic <laughs> cowboys with pope hats. It's sick. Uh, there's magic guns. There's sin being manifested in the real world. And you know what? We might want to just save that for round two. Yeah, save martyr yeah, country because we're going to be about talking about it. In depth. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's do that. Let's go on to the first. All right. These are the winners of the first bracket. We got Dang. Swords of the Father going up against Chasing the Eschaton. We've got Obscura going up against the Salt Lines. We've got Ghost Glass going up against Fraser Pilled. And we've got Quantum Auto Drive going up against Martyr Country, uh, which we're going to save to oh, do shit. last. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be rough. Uh, okay, so Swords of the Father versus Chasing the Eschaton, right? Both very grim scenarios. Of these, well, we've already summarized them. I'll let you guys just talk a little bit. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to remember like specific like characters and organizations we were talking about in Swords of the Father. I have, I have a little bit of trouble there were remembering none, that. Uh, because it was kind of a... The swords were the characters and humanity were their kind of playthings. Although there was this right. one sword uh, who literally, like... He, he, like, broke the code of honor and started just breaking other swords so they couldn't be repaired. Yeah. I remember... His whole oh, shtick was, like, he would push his wielders until they literally just died... Like, yeah, yeah, and he would take a new wielder, sometimes like multiple times in a day. In a single battle. <laughs> and they, they imprisoned him beneath oh. the ocean. <laughs> like, they had him completely fucking uh, imprisoned. I really like this one. Uh, I also really like Chasing the Eschaton, so this is a tough, a tough pick for me. It's... Yeah. Chasing the Eschaton just feels so unique in, in a way that, like... Swords of the Father... It does feel like it's like this very sort of a kind of Conan-esque type of setting of where of just like super like ultra brutal um uh mixed with like uh just like societies that you don't belong in, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then chasing the Eschaton is a little bit like a distill it's like a distillation of what um a JRPG would be uh, whatever JRPG is Mm. um, to me, at least Dan Belvin, your thoughts. Oh, well we're now at the point where we have to think more seriously about like continuation and how much Mm -hmm. is left in the tank. Um, Yeah. I was just mulling over how much is left in the tank for chasing the Estraton. I think there's a decent bit actually. Um, I do think so too. Like, 
But I, I like Swords of the Father, and I, but I think that what the revisit would look like would basically be just fleshing out the factions. Mm-hmm. I think with right. Chasing the Eschaton, we have room to flesh out phenomena also. Right. Like what the magical phenomena of these apocalyptic energies looks like on the yeah. world. And, um, and we could even talk about like the origin, and we could talk about like how we got to this place to begin with, and then talk also talk about these very unique factions. Mm-hmm. I will more say Magitek, yeah. probably the right. thing that sold it most for me on chasing the Eschaton, because that is the one I'm picking is that I've had this thought in my head. This would be the most fun setting to draw a map of. I think that we've ever made uh, because oh, so yeah. much crazy mm-hmm. shit is going on. There's so many, you can make a really characterful, interesting map of this setting. That's really evocative of kind of the vibe. Yeah, I'm, you just said that I'm imagining in my mind, like, the Adventure Time map, like, the Land of Ooh. That's, like, uh, but just, like, so you poured a bunch of sludge over it, kind of. Mm. Uh, no, I think it's cool. Honestly, th- this is, maybe this is part of why Glaive Watch is so much weaker, is Eschaton does everything Glaive Watch does, but cooler, oh, basically. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. And and in mm. more varied ways, sort of, so... Because it's straight up just magic fucking crazy phenomena. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm voting for Eschaton. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, a pretty quick bout there, all told. Next up, we have Obscura going up against the Salt Lines. And I got to say, these two worlds are thematically, like, very similar, actually. Yeah. They're about, like, accessing different realms, yeah. They are. They are. Yeah. In a way, Crab Star was kind of like that, too. Uh, where the crabs, the crabs had, like, access to this gate... Or that they could kind of like a telescope that they could see through, and that's really evocative of the salt lines as well. Uh, of the two, I would put salt lines ahead of Obscura because with Obscura we had the problem of we couldn't figure out how the cameras worked exactly. Like if you pointed them at something, did it destroy the thing? Did it not? Uh, that that sets it on kind of a weaker foundation for me. Whereas the salt lines, we know how the portals work. In fact, it's, you could say it in two sentences. Light can go through them, but nothing else can. And that's instantly, right. you know everything about it. Uh, you know kind of how they function in space as wormhole windows, basically. Uh, any other thoughts on these? I'm willing well, to be no, that's contested. An interesting, that's an interesting point that Obscura, the world, like the, the mechanics of it weren't quite nailed down successfully in the first one, but we like felt out how promising they were yeah and th- uh, is like that we never a really place to go in terms of continuation is like okay now let's actually figure out how this works and then move from there i think we have more to flesh out in salt lines i think the salters are like almost worthy of their own entire thing like these beings of light are worthy of like an entire section like I just obscura is like it's a lot of adventuring going through these different frame like worlds, but like I don't know I don't really know what I would want to talk about like on the home front so much. Like I'm inclined to vote for salt lines. That's fair. That's right. We we never really talked about the home front that much. We we talked about the thing of like maybe there was a city that had been destroyed, but like that's about as far as we got. Um I think we in didn't really episode? talk about in obscura okay. we we talked about um the possibility of like um that the camera technology had actually started to like destroy parts of their world um 
but we never really got into that world. We never bit in, bit into it. We mm. we got into this. We were this, too busy like, exploring the smoke and the worlds beyond, and right. physics being different, which is cool. Uh, I think Obscura would be a really cool setting to be an adventurer in, and like to play like a tabletop game in. Uh, it's less interesting to me for a revisit though, because it's Obscura is about going out into other worlds, like. The salt lines is about how other worlds interact with this world. Well, like, I mean, I, I actually have a strong opinion here. I'd be down for the salt lines. Um, yeah, they're both really good episodes. Obscura did have some other stuff going on with like other inventions. Um, did it? Yeah, I'm blanking on what they were, but I remember we like touched on the idea. Like, it's not just cameras. Like, this is sort of an age of invention. They're finding other stuff too. Um, I think the ways then which like the world is formed is interesting in sort of a granular way, but I, I'm down for salt lines as I talk it through. Hmm. It sounded like salt lines wins that. Uh, next up we have ghost glass, which beheaded showbiz kids <laughs> versus Frazier build. Uh, I mean, I don't luck. even think we have to talk about it. Really, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not. We don't need to say anything. We, I think it's Fraser Pills. <laughs> it's obviously Ghost Glass. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's, I like think it's Olag, We really is a lot of development in yeah. him. You we can really show see where he's going. This. I a did. Rip, rip song. <laughs> I think it's like lightweight glass jaw on the entire. I put him in the bracket. I put that world in the bracket so it could be brutalized and then the guy who did it could also be <laughs> destroyed <laughs> oh man I do think is there a world in here that showbiz kids could have beaten because I, I was thinking and I was Let's like I don't on. know if it <laughs> pyramid scream oh, definitely pyramid scream yeah it could have yeah, beaten that pyramid scream maybe Fraser Pilled was a heater it was a great episode uh Moving Could on. be Forgotten Gods, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Moving on. We have... We have Quantum, Quantum Auto Drive. Drive, Chaos on the Back Nine versus Martyr Country. Don't make me do it! <laughs> no! No, God, no! Well, we might as well acknowledge oh, the fact that we all know, deep down, that Martyr Country does have overlaps with Mendicant Gate yeah. yeah, we talked about this. Our uh, country has, if we revisited it, it'd be fairly similar tonally to Mendicant Gate. There'd be some differences. Uh, yeah. But I don't want that to remove it from contention entirely. Uh, sure. When we're talking about the strengths of Martyr Country, uh, we're talking about a setting that's more the strange West than the old West. Mendicant Gate is more rooted, I would say, in reality. Yeah, it's like actually alternate history fiction in some ways. Right. It's yeah, still Strange yeah. West, but it's about the intersection of devils with like real old West America. Right. right. Martyr Country is made up whole cloth. Uh, there are saint orders of monks who act as sheriffs and who, who have proficiency with different types of guns and like lassos and bullwhips and shit. Well, and it's cool because you have this whole theme of like the old world versus the new world, uh -huh. and, like this the progress down this river that is sort of becomes less lawful, like the further down it you get. Right, right. And there's like the question of like, are the rituals and kind of is is what the old world perceives as evil really evil, or is it more of like uh, 
an animist or spiritualist kind of uh, reaction to them impeding on the land. Right, and the Minotaur is <laughs> embodying that. Um, right. Yeah, well, one, one point in Mario Country's favor is that it just works, you know? It like, works it, so it, well. It doesn't feel like it's hard to put things together. It kind of just... Mm-hmm. No. It's easy, you know? Yeah, it just works. Simple as. That being said, Quantum Auto Drive... Here's here's what I'm saying, right? Uh, it's conceptually similar to True Cuts, our other revisit. <sighs> yeah. Mm. Yes. So here's here's if we had to pick one, right? Uh, oh man, part of me. I'm sorry. Continue talking. I need to think about this. This is rough. It has, because the the thing that, like, hurts me, and the thing that would make me, like, if a Quantum Auto Drive won in this, what would hurt me is that what it is, what that setting is, is it's a, it is a joke that has been taken so seriously that it's not a joke anymore. Mm-hmm. But at its core, it is a, it is a, it's basically a comedy, I mean, like, not to pull the, not to pull the um veil back too far but it is basically that one episode of gundam that that uh, was basically mexico? a joke uh well yeah all right here here mexico the the with the hat gundam anyway this yeah, there is was not the hat relevant gundam. to the discussion um i i almost just don't want to touch quantum overdrive it's kind really? of perfect uh <laughs> to I me think, i think i feel the same way uh, ironically, but about Murder Country, actually. And I think Quantum Auto Drive, we could beef up a bit more. I'm voting, I, I would vote that we revisit Quantum Auto Drive, I would say, of the two. And I think we just knocked so much out of the park in that setting. We knocked out the Dark Golfer. We knocked out the yeah. urgency of kind of what was happening, as well as the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a weirdly bright setting for one where bioweapon was used as a prop. <laughs> right. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> and there's a lot of heart, too. There's a lot of, like, um, like you've, the most of the golfers are just connected by, like, a quantum link. But then you've got the one golfer who is there, like, in the trenches with his crew. Yeah, on the ship. Like, on the ship. Um. Quantum Just. takes it for me. That's my vote. And that's, I can't think anymore about it. I've betrayed my upbringing and heritage. Yeah, I, if I'm going with my gut, it's quantum. Unf- then it's down to Belvin and Dan. Uh, so I'm a populist. And seeing yeah. as Mario Country got the most listens of the season, mm-hmm. I vote for Mario Country. Okay, Mario Country? Murder Country I'm inclined to vote for Murder Country. <laughs> this is yeah. a... And, uh, look, okay. I knew this one would be tough. I, in in light of these things, I'm so on the fence. I am so on the fence. I'm, I'll swing for Murder Country. I'll do it. Hang on. It 
it Hang on. Literally. <laughs> what if I what if I got Dan? What if I got it. Dan to swing for Quantum Auto Drive and nothing changed? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, think about it. What if you stalemated again? <laughs> it was really unfortunate to have these two go up against each other so soon. It uh, because well, they are Titans. This, this happened on one of the other revisits too, didn't oh, it? We had a period in this season where we were just hit after hit. Some of the be- Fraser pilled. Quantum Auto Drive, Martyr Country. I think they were like back to back. All mm-hmm. phenomenal episodes. Yeah. Mm. If we we don't we don't really. It, uh, uh, it's, it's only going to get harder. It's God damn. Just want you to know that. Well, if no one's switching, then Martyr Country is the winner. Okay. Us. Yeah. All right. I love you, Quantum. You're such a good setting. You did well. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for. The existence of um, True Cuts and me feeling like are we are us revisiting True Cuts? If it wasn't, damn it, for I that, should have said that. I do know <laughs> both of them. Both of them are revisit. What is keep? What want, makes me want to go to Martyr Country is it's the it's it's the kind of setting because like I did not like revisiting um, uh, Mendicant Gate. The, Mendicant Gate. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I don't. Because there were cultural obligations, we had to like do a lot of research and stuff. Well, and then even if you just because if you discard that, then if you discard that the right way, what you're doing is developing a fantasy setting, and that's what Martyr Country is to me. Mm-hmm. I think it almost feels like doing. Um, it, it feels like a Mendicant Gate that I can actually like think about and and interact with without knowing. Honestly, just having a really bad, goopy, anti-history brain. Um, okay. Anyways. Whew. That wraps up an exciting round here, and we have the final four here. We have Chasing the Eschaton versus the Salt Lines, and we have Fraser Pilled versus Martyr Country. First, <sighs> Be still, first my up, heart. Chasing the Eschaton versus the Salt Lines. Mm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. 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 For the for listeners who haven't listened to the the previous two um, seasons, uh, we're actually not allowed to talk in round three. We're just we can only <laughs> so vocalize. I think what we have to do now <laughs> is we need to get more specific about what we would revisit in each of these if it made it to the end and what more is appealing to us chasing mm. the eschaton you have more natural phenomena you have mm-hmm. mapping the setting out more concretely mm-hmm. you have the exploration of these two seemingly opposed factions you have the actual origin of uh eschaton energy or apoc energy we've got the the beast people the communal the mutations yeah they're one of, they're one of the two Factions, oh, okay. I think. I thought there were like two warring, two or three warring factions, and there, like it was it was kind of a world thing. at war politically, yeah. and they hadn't discovered this magic, and then they did, and now the old like political framework has kind of dissolved away, and it's just like humanity versus inhumanity kind of. Thing. What if what if the uh, apoc energy turned out to happen because scientists captured the Doom Runner, have been experimenting <laughs> on him. Oh Whoa. god. <laughs> okay. Trying to find this crossover episode. <laughs> you know, I, I tried this ploy if, if in that, season one and it did not work. However, if it does a very win, strong move. 
Uh, we should do that, but uh, going now to its competitor, the Salt Lines. What do we want to revisit in Salt Lines? I think the Salters are a big thing. I think that the light aliens and how they interact with the world, like in more detail, would be a big thing. There's kind of that invisible alien threat that comes through the portals and is like psychic. Right, and can the, the negative us. oriented spirits and the positive oriented spirits, both. Right, right. There's kind of the physical aliens who are like. Even though they're very far away, they're like machinating to like seize control of the world and mm-hmm. develop faster than light travel so they can like get what's obviously a very strategic, literally a telescope to all parts of the galaxy. Well, and didn't we talk right. about like there were literally aliens like basically in orbit that could not actually get down to the planet yeah, because it they was can't protected. Pass the lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we did talk about that. We established that like the salt rains down in different regions, like different rains Mm -hmm. rain different regions so there's like up to 10 different like either factions or uh areas i'm gonna shoot from the hip i think and uh vote for uh salt okay interesting my guy is telling me eschaton i also agree with eschaton here chessman chessman you (laughs) can either tie it up it's it's the what the the annoying thing to me is that i love the concepts and salt lines and i love to explore them it's just like this mechanical fault with being able to interact with the setting of like we've set up these like gates that you can't pass through that like it almost feels like um it's a lot of stuff that we need to flesh out that we don't have the ability like only information can travel through it right so like yeah i i feel like there's a mechanical fault in the setting possibly well i i, I kind of felt like me- essence travels through too and i think we implied also the aliens were like trying to develop energy weapons so they could blast the planet through and like get us to like right. surrender to them basically so there right. were threats to humanity there right yeah and i think we established that maybe ascension was possible like as a species and Mm-hmm. This would be one that mm-hmm. on a revisit there would need to be some advancement as well as just fleshing out. Uh, which I'm fine with either of these winning. I like both of these a lot. Where I I just Eschaton just captures my imagination. I really I just, like it. The what we have set up, I really I just want more of it. I want to know more about exactly what we have set up right now. At the way we have it set up. So I think it's perfect. Damn. All right. We cool. got. Unfortunately. All right. For the second bracket here, and this is right before the final bracket, we have Martyr Country versus Fraser Fraserfield. <laughs> I like Fraser, but the buck stops here. <laughs> this, is, this is where the Fraser. This is as far as the Fraser dollar carries uh, for me, and it carries See, it pretty far. Come on, Fraser. <laughs> The thing is, y'all have watched a lot more, but you, Walt and Velvet have both watched way more television in that vein than me. And so it doesn't do as much for me as, as it does for y'all. I don't have the, <laughs> the tools to interact with this one as much. It's important that you understand that Frasier is like, it's not just comedy. It's like an Italian comedic opera. Like the best episodes of <laughs> Frasier are like, there's like... Uh, the best episodes of Fraser are like there's a tableau of like five or six doors and people going out of them and into them simultaneously on different assumptions and preconceptions. Yeah, and then the third act just hits like the biggest possible punchline. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's a great, great ass show. That being said, 
we can't channel that show in a revisit. We don't have the like talent to do that comedically. No, no, and also we're not really headed that way with a revisit. We're because I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think smoking weed really has anything to do with Frasier. I would disagree. <laughs> I would say the only way you can understand Frasier is if you're on weed. Have you not seen Niles smoke weed? Um, Have you not seen the episode of Frasier? I where? do think the premier strengths of Frasier Pilled are smoking weed and the fact that the AI's name is Niles. Which, fair, both very strong. Yeah. Both very strong. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, I've always liked the idea of like TV izing people's lives. Like, I think that's a, it's a fun mm-hmm. idea. It's a, well, it's a lot like better showbiz kids, actually. Uh, I, I think they're Frasier highly different. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't in, but. think they're the same either. Uh, now I'm offended. They <laughs> both involve like performing, I guess, sort of. <laughs> but one is by choice and one isn't. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I think Fraser Pilled has fun concepts. Is not like it's both a joke setting and not a joke setting, right? Yeah. Um, I guess in some ways, if we're being honest here, it is. Yeah, if if right. I have to compare like the the dark <laughs> beauty of like martyr country and like the thematic depth of that setting to uh <laughs> that the ai's name is niles and you smoke weed <laughs> well, it does that. also it gives people brain damage so they act more like homer simpson yeah there's a lot of right. slaves <laughs> to alien overlords yeah. a, a no. lot of uh slaves to alien overlords in these episodes that actually made it in this season it, oh. it's very dark but it's like a it's a dark comedy it's like a futurama episode really that's what Fraser Pilled is. Mm, you're mm. completely right. Fraser Pilled is a Futurama episode, and we love it somehow. Love. But I think I, I think Murder Country yeah. wins. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to vote for Fraser Pilled. I know it's it's no record, buddy. I can. <laughs> you're allowed to do that. Yeah. In fact, your constituents will be glad that you did. Yeah, you, you're taking the Fraser Pilled vote back home. This one's from my district. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got the final oh. choice here. Between chasing the Eschaton and Martyr Country. Oh, I know what my heart says. I. This is rough for oh. me. These are two incredible settings that we made. Uh, Martyr Country beat Quantum Auto Drive, which is evidence of its profound strength in the fact that we all really, really like it. Uh, chasing the Eschaton didn't go up against as many, I would say, heaters in its bracket no. as Martyr Country did and came out alive. But that being said, Chasing the Eschaton is a profoundly good world that we made. Of the two, like, when I look at what I think each deserves fleshing out more, it's Eschaton for me. Like, there's a lot we can write into Martyr Country and a lot of really cool stuff, but I think it stands on its own two legs in a way that Eschaton doesn't, and that makes me want to go back to Eschaton more. Okay. Because I feel like there's a lot of physical description we can add into that world. Well, I feel like okay. Eschaton, like, in expanding it, you can zig and zag more, too, because right. there is, like, a high weirdness to the setting. Mm-hmm. And Marvel Country is, like, very satisfying, stick-to-your-rib stuff. Oh, yeah. But I don't think oh, it's yeah. going to, like, surprise me in the way that Eschaton could. Yeah. Go on, Chessman. Well, so 
in these last moments that we have with these settings before we like <laughs> kill all the ones that didn't make it. <laughs> we just take them, them out behind space. the shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with these, no, I'm talking about with these last two settings. All the other ones are dead. <laughs> already, already said, the, yeah. the blood, the blood is leaking into the straw. As as it we were. didn't kill Quantum Auto Drive. It escaped. Uh, <laughs> yes. It escaped captivity. Yes. I'll be no, back. I, it's, we saw ADR its parachute. I do want to get an entire anime opening commissioned of Quantum Auto Drive one day. Mm-hmm. Just like I want to get an entire anime opening commissioned of um, True Cuts. Yeah. Um, but, like, what what do y'all want to see? Like, what is the most exciting thing that you want to see from both of these? Is, is what I want to hear. Right okay, now. so... If I'm looking at Eschaton, we're fleshing out the factions. Factions I'm thinking of right now. Uh, the Magitech faction, the Beast faction, and then a uh, third faction to th- mix things up, the air itself, uh, which is conniving to destroy humanity so that it does not get destroyed in the apocalypse. Oh, shit. Uh, that's just a th- curveball right there for Eschaton. Oh, Eschaton's like Earth intelligence that's forming? Well, yeah. well, like, literally, we talked about how the yeah. air in Eschaton in certain parts of the world is sentient due to how much fucking chaos magic is saturated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they would have the ability to think critically about what's happening to maybe even analyze the situation. That's cool. It's like a world soul type thing, except the world soul mm-hmm. isn't like a nature sphere from a Ghibli film. It's like mutated it's a- earth stuff. Yeah, that's and like an antagonistic at spirit. Country, I'm looking at the breadth of the miracles uh, that we can establish. I'm looking into it, it's I don't know. I do want to revisit Eschaton more of these two. Because you're right. <laughs> I can't even like, no, because what it is for me, what really soured it for me was when uh it killed somebody said, auto drive. No, no, when somebody <laughs> said that Martyr Country was so thematically similar to Mendicant Gate, uh, which we had just revisited. I think Martyr Country is a stronger world than Mendicant Gate. I like it more. Uh we don't compare worlds really between seasons, but if I had to, I think this would beat out Mendicant Gate for me. That being said. I think that it's it's thematically too close to home for what we've already done. And I think chasing the Eschaton is just there's so much more volatility in that setting than there is in the Old West. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not even that it'd be a repeat like that aside. I feel like Eschaton is just a more alive setting in my mind. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. is funny because it's probably... This is like one of the most dismal settings we've ever made. <laughs> it's think. a way right. less like like lived in like in terms of like what living in it looks like described than the other ones, but it's got so much more interesting phenomena. Like mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like because very, it can be anything. There's so much like conflict going on. It's like very animated in that way. Like there's lots of yeah. kinetic energy to this setting. Yeah, actually, the more we talk about, it, the more choice. Yeah, we're just. I think we're just talking ourselves into it, and it is a shame uh, because truthfully. Martyr Country is such a good episode. It's a sick uh, episode. such a good world. I, I'm actually, I feel like I am drawn more to Mendicant Gate as far as like the world goes. But maybe that's just like a thematic thing. Like you connect strongly to the religious themes of Martyr Country. Yeah. Because you're upbringing yeah. like Mendicant mm-hmm. Gate to like the historical like rising tide of violence really fascinates me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it's as clear cut. Uh, either, but I mean, Min- uh, Gate appeals to a lot of stuff that I like, um, just in terms of like that old history and that like amplification 
of all of the trends that are going in that direction, the being the war. The Mormons being the paladins. That's just oh that 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 was sick. I remember <laughs> that was that a pretty was good, good decision we made unilaterally. <laughs> the Mormons yeah. were good. Yeah, they yeah. guys. Yeah. Just yeah. like real life. setting. No, yeah. just like real yeah. life. Oh man. I'm just remembering. Well, I think this is funny, and this is a lot of the strengths Mendicant Gate has as a setting were fleshed out in the revisit. And if we were comparing episode one to episode one, uh mm-hmm. Martyr Country, in my mind, would win. But the more we talk about Mendicant Gate, because we revisited it, and because we talked about, like, how Brigham Young had, like, arrived there and set up, like, uh, the lion's seat out of, like, Salt Lake City. <laughs> it was, like, mm-hmm. making his own, like, Mormon army and shit. Ah, John dude. Brown making a deal with the all devil. Right, all right, this is, this is season three. This is season three, and this is actually a wrap right. on season three. Uh, yeah, well, let's, let's give a round of applause to Chasing the Estraton. Oh man, I'm that, de- I, de- we're deeply sorry to probably almost everyone. We do take your. A lot of people said Martyr Country uh, was the one yeah. to revisit, and a lot of people liked Martyr Country. Well, and it's not just Murder Country that lost in this. It's the other fifteen episodes of which I know. I know. If I'm if I'm in my heart of hearts, like which one that I liked the most as a product that we did, a thing that we did, it was Quantum. I know, dog. I know. Yeah, no, for me. Visit though, it is. It is so heartbreaking, but I know this is the truth. Look, if for some reason you're listening to us and you picked this episode to listen to, go back and listen to Quantum Motor Drive. Why are you still listening? No one is listening. No one listens to all of this. What is this talking about? Because we're professionals. (laughs) We're professional. No, but it's entirely possible that somebody didn't listen to every episode that's listened to some of ours has gotten to this point. I thought. Oh, what's that clapping sound? What is that? Um Yeah, well I do invite our listeners who are disappointed that Martyr Country didn't make it to revisit. To form your own fucking podcast and revisit Mario <laughs> Country there. That is a great point. If you, you hogs can shuffle off and figure out how RSS servers work, and then you could be doing this with your friends. But until then, that's our show. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to us in your podcasting service of choice to get new episodes every other Saturday. If you want, go ahead and write us a review on iTunes. Share us with anyone who likes world building. It really helps us out. Our art is courtesy of the talented and wonderful Shell Tora, Jovial Paradox on Twitter. You can tweet at us too at LoreLads or send us spirited hate mail at 30minuteworlds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy world building. See you next season.